If you turn your Bibles over to the book of Malachi uh, for a few moments with me this morning, Malachi chapter number 3. As we are finding our spot there, you know, human nature can be fickled. We know that. It, it's, it's one way one day, and it's changing the next day. James tells us that, you know, sometimes we can be like, like the ocean and the waves tossed up and down, back and forth. And that's the way human nature is. And the reason why is many times it's the way we handle life's circumstances. The way we handle our issues, the problems, the things that go on around us, usually it's because we depend on our feelings, we depend on, on, on what people say or don't say, what, what we feel, that we become one day we're this up on the mountaintop and the next day we can be down in the valley. And the reason why for you and I as, as Christians that happens is that we become disconnected with God. Because when we're connected with God and we're filled with faith in the promises of God and in the Word of God, you see, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're feeling, no matter what people are or not doing, we believe that everything's going to turn out okay. How many know that's true? When we are connected with God and we're, we're, we're tapped into the things of God and His Word, which brings faith, everything's going to be fine. But it's when we disconnect with God and that we live by our feelings and our surrounding circumstances, that's when human nature kicks in. Someone said, human nature is like water. It takes the shape of its container. And you see, here's human nature that's being poured into this container. And, you know, it's a long, tall has a couple of different little bends and twists to it. Then here's a little short stocking one. And the water is taking a different shape in that container. That's, that's the life circumstances. That's who we are here. We're all different people. And uh, we all react differently to issues that go on around us. But it's when we allow ourselves to be filled with God's Holy Spirit, His Word, His faith, no matter what shape is taking place, no matter what circumstances is going on around us, we're going to be okay. We're going to be strong. We're going to survive those attacks, and we're going to get through those problems that we face. So my question is, what kind of shape are you in today? What is your spiritual shape when it comes to the things of God? I've entitled uh, this sermon, uh, Unchangeable God, out of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. And this is what God says, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. You see, here's the promise of God. Here is the personality of God, the nature of God that I want to look at with you this morning for a few moments. See, too many times we paint God with the same brush that we paint our circumstance in and our situation in. We are limited and so we get frustrated, we get, we get 
disappointed and discouraged when we find ourselves in circumstances that, that are out of our control. And we seem to think sometimes, and we listen to the lies of the enemy, that it's never going to get better or that things can't change or it's always going to be like this. So what we need to do this morning is take a look at God's nature, not human nature. Let's take a look at God's nature and build our lives upon that. Build our, our lives upon His promises and upon what His Word has to say. Because guess what? Thank God that he, he doesn't change with circumstances. How many know that's true? God doesn't change. His nature is constant. It's consistent. Who He is will never change. He is un changeable, and that's good news for us. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, in verse 29, Scripture says, He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. And so I wanted to take a look this morning for a few moments at God's nature, because unlike you and I, Circumstances do not affect God. Situations do not affect who God is or how he can react in our lives. He, he's, not, he's not moody. He doesn't act upon impulses. He doesn't have mood swings. How many know what mood swings are? You know, too many times we live our life by mood swings, what kind of mood we're in. He doesn't treat you and I according to the impulse of the moment. Impulse. How many know we're impulsive people? Especially at Christmas time. We react impulsively. Ooh, I think I want that. Click. So easy. Ooh, I, that looks good. I think I want to buy that. Impulsive buying. That's where they make all their money. How many know we're a lot of times impulsive eaters? We just eat when we, you know, I feel like I want to eat. It's not lunchtime yet, but it's okay, I want to eat. Impulse, many times we make decisions based on that. But we need to know that God's nature is not based upon impulse. He's consistent. So what does that mean? It's good news for us. Because even though we get affected, even though we struggle sometimes, God already knows what's going to happen. That means that God, number one, is unshockable. Unshockable. What does that mean? Well, you and I, we can make God, we have the ability to make him laugh. Scripture tells us to cry, to smile. Jesus being a God in the flesh, we know he wept. We know he smiled. We know that he, he, he had joy in his life. And those are the, the nature of God. But one thing that God can never do is be shocked. What does that mean? He never puts his hands over his mouth and says to the angels, Oh my gosh, did you see what they did? He never puts his hands over his ears and says, Oh no, did you hear what they said? Because how many know the devil lies to us? And God, it makes us feel like, you know what, uh, if, if, if you said this or you heard that or you did this, that God, it's all over for you, that he doesn't care for you. 
God is never pleased with our sinfulness. He's never pleased uh, with our acts of disobedience. But let me tell you, he's not surprised by it. He knows us. He created us. He knows who we are. He knows everything about us. He's seen every imaginable stupidity in our lives that we've done. Every area of self-destructive of actions that maybe we've had in our lives. He knows about it. He's seen that. And God is beyond surprise. And too many times we allow the enemy to lie to us, to make us feel like, well, you're not perfect, you haven't lived up, you haven't measured up, so don't even bother trying to change. Don't even bother trying to go forward. But we know the devil's a liar, don't we? We know the enemy is a liar because we need, you know, one of the things we need to understand is God knows us. He created us. And he wants to develop. He wants to help us to be better. He wants to help us to, to grow in our faith and to mature in Christianity. But, folks, he's not surprised that we're not perfect. He knows that. So what does that mean? That means, secondly, that God's nature, not only is he can't be shocked by humanity, is that he's committed to restoration. And that's good news too. Because when I know that if I've failed here or I've done this wrong or whatever, God's just not going to swipe us off and throw us into the, the, the trash bin of life. He's going to restore us. That's what he wants to do. Listen to what that word restoration means. It's defined to repair, to reinstate, to rebuild. Don't you thank God that he rebuilds lives. Don't you thank God that he repairs lives, that he reinstates, that he's able to help those who are broken. We live in a broken society. And times where things are changing quickly and things around us change so rapidly. Today, gas is $3. Tomorrow, it's going to be $10. Bread costs X amount today and tomorrow, it's going to cost twice that. Everything is changing, but you know what? God is constant. We can stand upon his word, and when things don't go well in our lives, he wants to repair it. He wants to restore. Listen to Psalm, the book of Psalm, chapter 37, verse 23 and 24. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. What that tells me is that God wants to bring restoration in lives. When the devil lies to us and says, you know what, you're a hopeless cause, you'll never amount to anything, you'll never be able to accomplish anything, devil, you're a liar. God is a restorer. He's going to repair my life. He repairs marriages. He repairs family. He heals the brokenhearted. The Bible says that's the nature of God. So whatever condition you find yourself in today, maybe next week, maybe next month, I want you to know that God loves you, that God sees you, he knows who you are, and he wants to make things right in your life if you allow him to do that. I think about Moses 
who killed a man, but yet God was able to bring him to a place where he was still able to use him uh, because what? Because Moses cried out to God. And cried out to, the, to, to God, and, and God saw his, his heart, and God saw his life, and God was able to bring him to that place. I think about David committed adultery. He murdered. But yet God still used David, but there was repentance. There, there was a, 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 a sense of forgiveness taking place. And when we come to God repented, when we come to God asking for forgiveness, God's not just going to brush us aside. He's a restorer. He'll restore you. He'll help you. He'll build you back uh, in your faith uh, in the Word of God. Think about the prodigal son. We know the story of the prodigal son. We left his father and said, I don't want to be here anymore, and left his father's house. We know what he did. He went and reveled in sin and, and, and ended up eating with pigs and decided he wanted to come back. He wanted to repent. His father took him back in, put a ring on him, put a coat on him, loved him, and brought him back into the family. You see, the devil is a liar here this morning. He lies to people and says, you can't serve God anymore if you've messed up or if this went, went wrong in your life or this happened. Uh, no, no. You come back to God. You repent. You say, God, forgive me of my sins. And God will bring restoration because uh, he is a restorer through all of his love, his mercy, and uh, his grace. No one is too broken for God. No one is too lost for God. God is able to repair and to restore a person's life. And as I said it's no excuse for sin to go out and sin intentionally, but yet uh, when that does happen, we're sinners saved by grace. Uh, there is none righteous, no, not one. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, the Word of God says. So what does that mean? We need God. And thank God that He restores and He repairs. So what does that say? When we feel like there's no, no hope, that we've exhausted all of the avenues or we, we've, we've gone through everything that we think can help someone change or even our own lives change. And this also excites me, is that God has more options than we do. God has more options because we're limited in the way we think. We're limited in the way we can accomplish things or get things to take place and to happen. Too many times we're quick to give our imperfect opinions of options that we think are available. Well, if only they did this, they would have been okay. Or if only they hadn't done this, things would have been different. And we get involved and we limit God. Because we try to put our human nature, our thinking that is here today one way and next, the next day it's different. And we try to paint God with those, that kind of thinking. God is unlimited in his options and how he helps a person, what he can do in a situation. Listen to Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8 and 9. God says, for my thoughts 
are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways. Uh, my ways are higher than your ways. God, the creator of heaven and earth, is wiser than the most brilliant person on the face uh, of this earth. Why? Because nothing is impossible for God. With God, all things are possible. Stop putting limitations on God with our thinking. When you run out of options, that's where God comes in. I think about the people of Israel as uh, they're leaving uh, Egypt and they're there at uh, the river and they're wondering, now what are we going to do? We've run out of options. That's where God comes in, steps in, and parts the sea. What is it in your life that you're facing? What, what is it in your, in your family that you're facing, in your marriage, in your finances, in your health? When you feel you've run, used every option that's available to man, that's okay because God is there to get involved in that situation. He's not limited in his options. And that's God's nature. Thank God for that. And then we come to the fact that once we know that, God's ready to work miracles. God is a miracle worker if we don't interfere. If we don't get in the way, because how many times, no, we can get in the way of God's miracle working power. How do we do that? Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in verse 18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So here lies the problem. When we make choices, decisions for our lives, based upon our present situation on what's happening or not happening, what we feel or what we see. When we react without seeking God, we react on a whim or impulse again without God's getting involved. We react to the temporal. And that's why Paul said, we're not supposed to fix our eyes on what is seen or what you're feeling or what's taking place. But look beyond that with your spiritual eyes now. Develop new eyes in your life to look at, okay, so now what can God do? Why is God allowing this? What's taking place and what can I learn from this uh, that impacts my life uh, and destiny? Too many times we interfere when God's wanting to work a miracle. We stop the hand of God with our present situation. Stop looking at those issues as being permanent. Yep, it's never going to change. You're never going to get out of debt. You're never going to get healed. Your, your husband's never going to change. Your wife is never going to change. Your kids are always going to be brats. This, this, this is going to go on. You know what? It's always, it's, life is always going to be a bummer. And too many people buy into that lie. Too many of God's people listen to the lies of the enemy. This is why Paul says, stop 
looking at things uh, that are temporary and start looking at things uh, that are eternal. Your husband's going to get saved. Your wife is going to get saved. Your children are going to change. Your health is going to change. Your finances will get better. Why? Because our God is unchangeable. And his word is truth. His promises are yes and amen. Not yes and maybe. Or yes and I'll think about it. That's not God. We need to stop allowing our lives to be ruled by human nature, by what's going on in our lives, by what shape we might be in today. Forget it. Who cares? God doesn't change. Develop new eyes. And what will happen is God will bring us from tribulation to victory. From tribulation to victory. That's what I want to be. I want to be in victory. What is tribulation? Different versions of the Word of God describe t tribulation as suffering, distress, affliction, trouble, or persecution. That's what tribulation is. And there may be some here today who are in trouble. Your middle name is trouble. You're always in trouble. It seems to me like everything is always going wrong. Well, God wants to bring you from that tribulation and trouble and suffering and distress to bring you into victory. Amen. That's his promise. His word says so in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. For whatever is born of God, whatever is born of God. Are you born again here this morning? Are you born of God this morning? Yes, amen. Listen to what it says. If you're born of God, whatever is born of God overcomes the world and its problems. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. Instead of letting your life be filled with circumstances and human nature and doubt and unbelief, fill your life with faith. Let your life be filled with the Word of God, and no matter what's going on out here, you're going to be strong. You're going to be solid. You're going to have victory in your life because God's Word tells me that, and His Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the God that we serve. <laughs> Hebrews 12 and verse 2, looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The source of our faith is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the author and the finisher of our faith. He will always be on our side, no matter what, folks. When you're born again, you're born of God. It doesn't matter what's going out there. It doesn't matter what's taking place. Who says what? Who does what? I got God inside of me. His faith is in me. Greater is he that is in me than those lies and those things that are in the, the world. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep me. I know I will have that. You know, as a pastor... People think you're always in victory. You're always, you know, going down the yellow brick road and la-di-da-di-da. -di -di -da. 
But yes, we have trouble. We have trials and tribulation. But let me tell you what. I don't want to stay with the trials and troubles and tribulation. I'd rather be in victory. So I got to get a hold of God. I have to pray. I got to read the Word of God that's going to bring me into a place where I can have strength over the strategies of the enemy. You see, it's faith that confronts fear. It's faith through God's Word uh, that not only confronts the fear, but fear that wants to limit God's power in our lives. When the devil comes, oh, you can't accomplish that, or you know what, you can't do this. Devil, get behind me. God says I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, and I'm going to accomplish that. Stop letting the devil put a lid on your potential on what God wants to do on your life. Because that's what the devil does. Always wants to hold you down and keep you locked in. Open that can up. Get that lid out of the way and say, God, use my life by faith. I'm going to stand. I'm going to work. I'm going to do what God has for me to do. As our music ministry makes their way up this morning. Isaiah chapter 43 and the first two verses. God's word, his consistency, his unchangeableness needs to be a fabric of our faith, his word, his promises, his truth. Isaiah writes and says, but now, says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor shall flame scorch you. That is the unchangeable promise of God's word. What are you going through here today? What are you facing tomorrow? What is the devil lying to you about? Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Like Moses did when he was being overwhelmed by the people complaining that they're tired of manna. And he said, God, kill me. Because I can't take it anymore. And he went to God. And he cried out to the Lord. And God worked that miracle. And we know how he brought a wind over the sea and brought in quail for the people to begin to eat. Like Joshua after the victory of Jericho. Where... They just marched around the walls, blew some trumpets, and victory came in defeat of the enemy. But then when they went to Ai, they suffered a defeat with only few men that chased them out of the city. And he cried out to God. He came to God like Moses came to God for help and for answers. And God's word came to Joshua and told him what the, what the problem was. Somebody took some stuff they weren't supposed to take. But the point is, is that they came to God when things 
became too strong for them and too difficult for them. It's called spiritual warfare. This morning, what are you fighting through? What are you wrestling with? What battles are you facing? What changing circumstances have come upon you that you're wondering, oh, now what? Don't worry about it. Give it to God. Come to God. Oh, that sounds so easy, Pastor. What's what God's Word says? If I base my life on what God's Word says, then I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I know what God's Word says, and that's what I'm going to do. So this morning, as we bow our heads for a few moments...